What does a human being need? What are basic human needs? Some of you may remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow, a psychologist, argued that basic needs must be met before a person can move up the hierarchy to higher levels. He also talked about deficiency needs and growth needs. That is, some needs are so basic that without those needs being met, a person cannot survive. While other needs, if they are met, elevate a person to a higher level of function and even a higher level of being. Moving from the bottom to the top, Maslow's hierarchy or pyramid has five levels which are as follows. Physiological needs, safety needs, the need for love and belonging, esteem needs, and at the very top, the need for self-actualization. Physiological needs include the most basic things like food, water, warmth, and rest. At the next level, safety needs include needs for bodily security and safety from attack. Above that, moving up the pyramid, is the need for love and belonging. And that includes receiving love and acceptance from friends and loved ones. The next level, esteem, includes the need for respect. And finally, at the top of that pyramid, the hierarchy of needs, there is self-actualization, which is living according to one's full potential, becoming who we really are. Now, that's the classic hierarchy of needs, of human needs from the discipline of psychology, most well-known work on the matter. But others have developed their own lists And if you do a search on the internet for answers to the question, what does a human being need, or what are basic human needs, all kinds of interesting things show up. Some rooted in other psychological theory, from Freud, for example, and others just created from someone's interpretation or reinterpretation of Maslow's work, and there are even some just from people's own experience. So here are a couple of examples to the a couple of examples of answers to the question, what does a human being need? NASA, NASA nasa.gov says, we must have food, water, air, and shelter to survive. If any of those basic needs are not met, then humans cannot survive. I'm picturing someone in a, a, a space capsule hurtling through space, maybe to another planet. If you don't have those basic things, you can't survive. Teacher and therapist Chloe Madanez says there are six basic human needs. Certainty, variety, significance, connection, growth, and contribution. Certainty involves safety and stability along with predictability. Variety pulls in the opposite direction. It's the need for change, stimulation things that make us feel alive and engaged. Significance is about the need to feel important or unique or special. 
Connection is the need to be part of a larger community, to be loved and cared for. Growth is about continuing to expand and progress as a person. And contribution is this need that we have to make a difference, to offer something for the greater good. Those last three, especially, the needs are the needs that most closely relate to a sense of lasting purpose and satisfaction. Certainty, variety, significance can be pretty tenuous and even pull at each other, but connection, growth, and contribution really feed us. That's a different kind of angle from the NASA answer, right? Because Madonnais is not talking about physical needs, but more about emotional, relational realm of need. Let me just offer one more example of how to answer the question, what are the basic needs of a human being? This from a question and answer thread. The respondent says, we all have a fundamental need for food, water, and shelter, but beyond those physical necessities, we also need to feel emotionally and mentally safe and secure. We need to feel like we belong somewhere, that we are connected to others, and we need to feel like we have some sense of control. Not a bad summary of the physical and emotional aspects of basic human needs, right? In the scripture today, it is clear that there is at least one additional and universal basic human need beyond the ones that I've named so far, and that is the need for healing. In the scripture story, people are clearly desperate for healing because when the word gets out that Jesus heals, that he casts out the unclean spirit, that he cures a fever, People come from everywhere in the surrounding area. They come to find him and engage him because they want release from demons, cure of disease, relief from pain, restoration to full health. They want to be healed. They need to be healed. If we were to read on in the scripture a little further than what was read for us this morning, we would see a story of a man healed of a skin condition, perhaps it's leprosy, and then telling everyone he can, putting out the word about Jesus' healing, and then continuing on to, into the next chapter, into chapter 2 of Mark's gospel, we would see the need for healing continue to increase expand and even intensify, so much so that the crowd becomes so large that many people who are in need can't even get close to Jesus, can't even get into the house where he is staying. And one man who is paralyzed, you may remember this story, and wants to receive healing from Jesus has to be lowered through the roof by his friends. It's an extreme play for Jesus' attention and the possibility of healing. The poor man can't move through the crowd, so his friends move him into proximity to Jesus by lowering him from above. So healing in the scripture is clearly a basic human need. In these gospel stories, it is a pressing and primary human need. I would say that besides being true back then in the gospel stories, it's also true now. It should be no surprise then that in our worship services, often much of what we share during our time of joys and concerns, and indeed the things that touch us most, that reach deepest into us, are about 
the need for healing. Perhaps more than anything else, when we share things for prayer, we share about friends or family or ourselves facing physical, bodily struggles, often disease or illness, and how we hope for the person to get better, or wondering how we can help them get through their struggle, or wondering what will bring relief. And we might even say that beyond our sharing about disease or illness, a lot of our other sharing is related also to the need for healing. Healing of our hearts, our emotions, when we are going through a time of grief, for example. Or healing for persons who are struggling with mental health issues. Or healing of relationships. Or healing of persons affected by violence or greed or exclusion. Healing of the pain and conflicts in our wider world. Healing is a basic human need. Because if we are unwell, if we are in pain, if we are in decline, if we are facing physical limitations and struggles, if we are unable to live as we wanted or expected to live, then it is hard to live to our fullest. In the midst of illness or disease, it may even be hard to hear and trust God. It may be hard to feel connected and purposeful, like who we are and what we are doing matters may be hard to feel valued or even worthy. And then beyond the physical, if we are estranged from other persons we wish we could be in right relationship with, if we are struggling with our mental or emotional state, if we are depressed or discouraged, if we are deep in grief, healing is what we most need. And our world, our world needs healing, right? War rages, and innocent people are killed, and now even starving. And the creation, the creation needs to be healed. We continue to act as though the earth is a limitless resource. We abuse this planet through active selfishness and passive neglect. The wounds, the illness, the disease, the division, it is everywhere. Individuals are in need of healing. Communities are in need of healing. Those who are at war with each other and continue to devalue and dehumanize each other, even as it's being done to them as well, need healing. Those who suffer from the effects of racism, personal and systemic, need healing. Even the system that sets up and sustains such oppression needs healing. Now, a little side note. When the Bible talks about unclean spirits, for some of us, our minds kind of drift away as we wonder to ourselves, how are demons or unclean spirits relevant today? Well, we may not experience demonic possession as something literal in this day and age. There are spirits of possession that we are aware of, that we witness today. And I'm not just talking about translating the naming of unclean spirits in Bible times into mental health diagnosis of today. I do believe that we need to be healed of other kinds of possession issues. Some people are possessed by greed and selfishness. Some people are possessed by a paralyzing fear or possessed by prejudice or entrenched negativity. 
And we live in a system that is possessed, possessed by racism, possessed by homophobia, possessed by sexism, possessed by class and status, division and judgment. Jesus comes to heal all of that. The mental, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the psychological, the relational, the, relational, the systemic. When we read the gospel through the lens of healing, it's easy to get over-focused on examples of physical and individual illnesses, the spirits, the fevers, the leprosy, the paralysis, the things that show up in this morning's scripture and the stories that are just beyond what we read for this morning. But Jesus' story is really a story of all kinds of healing, healing in every direction. If we read through the rest of Mark's gospel, we will see that there are many stories of literal kinds of healing, the Gerasene demoniac, the woman with the hemorrhage, the Syrophoenician woman and her daughter, blind Bartimaeus, and so on. But there are also many other stories that could sit in that space of healing. So, for example, Jesus walks on water and heals the disciples' fear and their faith. Or Jesus drives the money changers out of the temple And the true purity, not the false purity, of that place is claimed again. And the holiness of that space and those who wish to occupy it in a sacred way, that is healed. Or Jesus observes the widow's offering, the widow's might. And judgments of class and wealth are challenged. And those who are poor yet generous are healed. And others' perceptions of them are healed as they are restored by Jesus' affirmation. And that's just Mark's gospel. The other gospels have an array of healing stories as well. Many parables are actually stories of healing. Wouldn't you say that's true of the prodigal son, for example? We can think of it as a story of grace, but ultimately it is a story of healing because it's a story of restoration and reconciliation, and that is healing. It's a beautiful example of what healing looks like. We all need healing. It's a basic human need. When I left my previous church, I think my basic need was a need for healing of fatigue and healing of grief, accumulated grief. So I spent the months that followed my last Sunday at the end of July from summer into fall paying closer attention to the needs of my family, going on walks every day, looking through my living room window frequently at the way the water moves with the wind on the lake. I prayed, and that prayer often took the form of just my mind opening as I asked and allowed God to help me in processing the fatigue and the grief by thinking about people who have been dear to me and who are now gone from my life, and in particular, gone from this earth. And in prayer, I spent time with them, time I couldn't spend in the ever-forward-pushing life I had been living. And then within that generous space of healing, 
I was able to begin to think about what I might do next, where I might like to be. Since the need for healing for me was tied to a time of needing recovery and reorientation, it invited questions like this. What do I want to do in this next stage of life to live a more holistic and sustainable life? And what can I open myself to that will bring me into a closer and more life-restoring walk with God? And months later, here I am, in a place I couldn't and wasn't imagining, but for which I am grateful in a place and with people who have their own unique needs for healing, for restoration, for wholeness, for hope, in a place where I am now perhaps a little more tuned in to the basic need for healing that all of us have. What is your healing need? I want to invite you to spend a moment to think about that. What do you need? And how is that connected to healing? Do you need release from something, from some burden you're carrying? Do you need time to process something you've been avoiding or ignoring? Do you need physical strength or courage or clarity as you face an illness and all the uncertainties that go with it? Do you need reconciliation? Do you need a softer heart for those who are hurting in this world? Do you need a new way to engage the hurts and hardness of the system, the social structures in which we live? Do you need rest? What is your healing need? Do you need something or someone to come alongside and hear and help hold your sadness? Do you need trauma care? Do you need forgiveness for your mistakes or your cruelties? What is your healing need? Do you need the healing of a wound? or of anxiety, or of your confused mind? Do your family relationships need healing? What is your healing need? I want you to think about that. And whatever that need is, I invite you to imagine holding it a little more gently. And then think about what it might mean to begin to release something. That's a first step, a spiritual step. A second step is this. In the scripture story this morning, people scramble to bring their healing needs to Jesus. They know if they can just get close to him, tell him or touch him with what they need, he will receive them. He will meet them in their struggle. He will give something helpful to them. We can't make it to the doorway of the house where Jesus is quite literally staying, but we can make it to each other's doorsteps. As you think about your healing need, I'd like you to think about who you might bring it to. 
Who can listen to you? Hold a space for what you need to share. Most of us want to be helpful to others. We just don't know how, or we don't want to intrude. But when you're part of a church family, you have permission to ask and to offer. What do you need? How can I help? Or, I'd like to tell you something. Do you have time to sit with me and listen? Healing begins with bringing the struggle to the doorstep of the house where you know someone will receive you, listen to you, and love you. Can we do that for each other? Can we be as Jesus for each other? Healing and helping each other, touching and caring for each other, supporting each other in our care for our neighbors, for the world, for creation. Can we do that? Can we help to meet this most basic need? I pray we can. I think that with God's help, we can. Amen.